everybody out there in the world. My name is DeAndre, and you are now listening to the Rhythm of Real Estate Podcast. I'm so glad to be here with you. Trust and believe it has been a long, 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 long road to get here. But we're here. It is now officially 2019, and this is officially the first podcast of 2019. So I want to congratulate you all for making it past 2018 and beyond, and I wish you so much success this year. We have a lot to talk about. Now, as I'm sure you're already aware, there have been a number of changes in the economic landscape. And as your realtor resource, I want to make sure that you know exactly what's going on so you're aware and you make the right decisions for you, your family, and your legacy. So, Let's just jump right into it. We have a lot of news to discuss. Um, again, it's been a couple of weeks. Some of these stories are compounding, but I like to follow these stories for you all because they're very, very important, not only to me and not only to the market, but to planning how we should operate our business as real estate investors and professionals uh, from 2019 and beyond. So uh, first story I have for you right now, I want to take a look and show you. uh, So I I follow the uh, website Seeking Alpha. I read a lot of articles there uh, as well as many other places. But there were a couple of articles specifically that uh, I wanted to bring up for this podcast because it's uh, pretty important the first one is actually has nothing to do with America, but you know, we're a global economy at this point. We uh, are completely globalized. Globalization has taken over and we are officially mandated to pay attention to the world because what happens over there affects everything over here. Uh, so I want to bring a story to you straight out of China, right? Uh, so First of all, first and foremost, the title of this article, and again, uh, just like last year and moving into the future, uh, you can always subscribe to the mailing list. You can always get a copy of every article that I read and I discuss here. Also, additional articles that I just don't have time to discuss on this platform, but we can talk about uh, in other platforms. So, Go over right now, DeAndreLavarity.com, D-E-A-N-D-R-E-L-E-V-A-R-I-T-Y.com, and go ahead and just subscribe to the mailing list. It's a real easy mailing list. I'm not going to bombard you with a lot of stuff, but I will make sure that you get the content that you need to make the decisions that are best for you and your family. So with that said, go do that. I'm going to show you a couple of articles that are very important that we need to talk about. One, the House of Cards. That is China's real estate. Wow. Or Chinese real estate. Excuse me. So this story is just so reflective of everything that we're seeing here in America, but at scale, right? So we can learn a lot about ourselves and our individual situation, but also as a collective American uh, economy, how we can position ourselves for success from 2019 and beyond. And some of these mistakes or uh, missteps that we're, we can see here in the Chinese market today, we have gone through in the American market. Now, just to give you a little background, if you don't know, the Chinese economy has been uh, exploding, right, for 
quite some time now. And, um, you know, as you well know, we're trade war with America and China. We're competing to be see who's number one. Uh, background stories where now China has competed with us and they've made it to the, uh, the moon, right? So they're a formidable competitor in the global economy for sure. So we need to pay attention to what's going on over there. Now in this article, I found some very, very interesting information uh, about what's happening in, in China. So first and foremost, I want to give you some numbers because I love the numbers. In China, the GDP is 15% of the global GDP. All right, so 15% of what the entire world produces is based on China's global uh, or gross domestic product itself, right? So that's huge. That means anything that they do is going to have an impact on the rest of the world, ripple effect, right? The current, right? So uh, now there's a big debt crisis that uh, is compounding the effects of the uh, tensions in the market in China, right? So uh, just a little background, New Zealand, if you don't know, has uh, actually passed laws now to prevent foreign investors. And being here in Boston, uh, we get a lot of foreign investment. A lot of Chinese investors actually come, park their money here, invest their money here because of our uh, robust economy, strong, strong economy. But it's not just in Boston. I mean, you have LA, you have uh, Northern California, you have even in Texas, it's a huge uh, investments going on as well. So it's just all throughout the country. We're seeing a lot of investment dollars from China and the same type of investment is taking place in the mainland of China uh, as well. So um, these effects of the Chinese investment and uh, the speculation that is, is being caused, the overall uh, willingness to bid up and, and buy, 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 is, uh, is causing a lot of economies around the world troubles. So uh, a country like New Zealand has made a step towards uh, handling that and decided that they will penalize and make it harder and more expensive for foreign investors in an effort to make sure that the uh, citizens of New Zealand actually have a, a chance to buy the properties and live in a comfortable setting, right? Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Well, um, we're in a free market, so free market means that we, uh, we have to be adjustable, be a little more fluid than, uh, than some people would like at certain times. So anyway, uh, back to the story uh, in China, they're having uh, high leverage points right now. They're at very, very high leverage points, investor debt crisis, the development debt. I mean, we've seen in uh, the last, I think, five, maybe last 10 years, cities just popping up out of nowhere in China, all over China too. I mean, tons and tons of cities. But what's really interesting is the way that the Chinese um, investors and the Chinese public as a whole is viewing uh, property. And so uh, quick, 69% of the buyers in China are actually buying their second or third home right now. So uh, just imagine that, right? I mean, as we're kind of 
in America going through a, a crunch where the millennials are kind of being forced out of the market or forced to wait until the market adjusts. Um, you have 69% of the people who are actually buying today in China buying their second or third home. Uh, now, just as a contrast, in 2008, that percentage was 70% of buyers were buying their first home. So in just 10 years, the buyer turnover for multiple properties has uh, doubled and tripled, uh, which is incredible and somewhat, uh, well, some would say unsustainable, and it, it's kind of proven to be so. Um, and, and more interestingly, 50% of homes purchased are for investment. And that, obviously, that makes a lot of sense. You're buying your second, your third home. You can't live in a mall, so something's got to be for investment. Now, how sustainable is that? We'll find out. But that has a huge impact on the American economy for a number of reasons, uh, namely um, the exchange of value, right? Because value is something, and real estate is all local, and that value that we're seeing uh, compound in China is being exported into other economies around the world, and uh, we're seeing some of that uh, spike, right, uh, in prices and, uh, and, and just a, a real tough time for a lot of buyers who are trying to compete with these foreign investors here in, uh, in America. So a uh, couple of more points just to kind of illustrate the impact here. Uh, in San Jose, right, there are 600 or, or the average uh the price per square foot is $636 per square foot. And a city called Shenzhen, the uh, average square foot price is actually $759. So San Jose, a tech hub, Shenzhen, a tech hub, kind of comparable in activities. And you can see there that these, uh, these numbers are, are pretty much astounding. Real estate has, uh, real estate in China is now among the most expensive in the world. This is highly unsustainable because just like in America, you know, we had this whole fight a few months ago, uh, Amazon led the charge, uh, and we'll get back to Amazon in a little bit, but Amazon led the charge of uh, creating $15 minimum payments or minimum uh, an hour for their employees as a way of kind of, uh, as they would put it, leveling the playing field. Well, that shows you that it's really important. I mean, whether or not real estate prices are really high, if no one can afford them, then, well, that value is not really existing at all. And in China, uh, in that same city, Shenzhen, I hope I'm saying that right, the average salary is only $15,456. So $15,456 uh, is the average salary on an annual basis. In Hong Kong, it's a little higher at forty-seven and uh, 47892 And uh, just to give you a comparison, if you look at uh, a city like... San Jose, it's over $80,000. So even though we have comparable numbers in price, we can see that it's really not comparable in sustainability. And, uh, and that has, is going to have a huge impact in how available 
real estate becomes for the Chinese and how much of an impact or how often they can actually invest in uh, economies outside of, of China. So I thought that was an interesting story. It's a very unsustainable uh, market. One of the key points from this story was that, uh, you know, there's for uh, 13 straight weeks, prices have been falling, which is a clear indicator that prices are too high. People can't afford it, and uh, investors aren't willing to pay the money because they're not going to see the return that they're looking for. So uh, with that said, 22% of uh, China's urban housing markets, that's 50 million apartments, are unoccupied. Now, that reminded me of uh, Miami back in the day. So you remember in the 80s, they built up Miami and it was, uh, you know, a, a haven of, of beauty and excitement and love. And they could not fill the units and prices dropped dramatically. And when prices drop, banks lose money because they loan the money to developers in order to make those developments which means everybody loses because it's less money now to be recycled into the economy. Less loans can be made. Banks tighten up until they get their cash. They have to sell this overstock inventory. It becomes a mess. So I want to just show you that because it's very important to keep our eyes on the global markets. Now, I want to bring it closer to home and uh, talk about another story that really, really struck me as kind of a, well, I'll just call it a warning shot. And more more than a warning shot, um, this story comes from CNN Business. Alan Greenspan uh, sat down for an interview, and he had a lot to say um, in this, uh, this short short read and uh, one of the things that stood out to me, I mean just in case some of the listeners don't know who uh, Alan Greenspan was or is, he's the Fed he was the Fed, Fed chair starting in 1987 I believe um, he oversaw the, the market crash uh, or recovery from the 87 market crash he provided, his goal was to provide liquidity to the market so he wanted to put money, put cash into the market so that we can start spending and start uh, building up uh, the economy again so he dealt with that crash in uh, 93, he worked with Clinton on the, on the uh, deficit reduction plan, he oversaw the Mexico peso bailout, he had an extensive career, he raised rates um, during the dot-com era, he oversaw that whole dot-com crash, um, he, was, he actually stepped down in 2006, and as you know, we saw our Great Depression, or excuse me, Great Recession, I was depressed during that time, but the Great uh, Recession, just before uh, that really took the impact, he stepped down. So I would say that this guy knows a little something about what it takes to ride an economy. Would you agree? Okay, so Mr. Greenspan says investors, actually the title of this article on CNN Business is 
investors should prepare for the worst. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word worst, I just get a chill in my bones. I just, I don't like that, you know? I mean, no one does. But what does it mean to prepare for the worst? We can talk about that. But before we do, I want to make it clear that one of the things that stood out the most, and we've been hearing this now for months, if you've been following any economic news, um, you've been hearing this word stagflation. Now, stagflation is a uh, what I would call perfect storm of doom and destruction in, in, a com- in an economic setting. Why? Because uh, when you have stagnation in the market, right, people are, uh, it's moving slow, it's not um, keeping up, it's not keeping pace with the demand or with the need for the economies to stay f- afloat. And you couple that with inflation, so prices are rising and things are slowing down. It's a perfect storm for nothing to happen. And as you know, when nothing happens in the market, nothing happens in the world. So lots of lots of uh, warning signs from some of the top economic uh, minds and economists in history who watch Daily. Now, what does this have to do with you and your property? Well, we're getting there, but I need to paint this picture for you. I need you to see why it's so important that you make the next six months the best six months that you can from a real estate perspective. Okay, so if you have a chance, sign up for the, uh, the newsletter. You'll get access to all of these articles. You won't have to go searching for them. I'll send them to you directly. You can read them. You can stay afloat to the knowledge that is being bestowed upon us in the world today. Right? So this is Mr. Greenspan's uh, interview. I want you to take a listen, and I will be right it's back. Not a surprise. Human nature is not a surprise. The volatility is a function of how we speak, think, and feel. And it is variable. In other words, uh, there's a herding instinct in humans. There's all sorts of characteristics. And you put that together into a financial market, and it moves. Do you think we're still in a bull market, an equity bull market? Not really. No, it's beginning to fumble. Mm. You can see it by reaction in recent days. it would be very surprising to see it sort of stabilize here and then take off again. But it's happened in the past. However, at the end of that one, run for cover. What do you think the message is that the bond market is sending us at this moment? What's happening now is we're getting a very significant rise. I shouldn't say all that significant, but a pronounced rise in real long-term interest rates. That, if you look at history, compared it to the last 15 or 20 years, is the key factor which is bringing the stock market down. In fact, it accounts for all of the weakness recently, and I think it's going to continue to account for it because we're in a period now where I think uh, long-term rates are going to rise. How much more adjustment to account for the rise in real interest rates that you're talking about do we need to see? I don't know. 
but more. <laughs> I don't know anybody who knows. Uh, no, but uh, we're not through the cycle, as I uh, said in the book uh, Adrian Waldrich and I published right. very recently. Uh, we're moving towards a stagflation type of environment, which means we're both going to get inflation and uh, stagnation. And that is a toxic mix. And uh, the outlook is not terribly enterprising, shall I say. Where do you see those leverage risks today? Leverage is about average. Uh, uh, I personally think it's going to go up, uh, but uh, that's not a critical issue. Uh, the, the major question is the toxic asset. It's not the leverage per se, it's really the leverage which occurs in the context of the toxic asset. If you don't have the toxic asset, you don't have the problem. It's a toxic asset today. Uh, there are always toxic assets, we don't know which ones are viable. Alright, so as you heard, even Mr. Greenspan is willing to admit we are done with the bull run. Now, of course, it's the market, it's a free world, things could change, something could happen, but I don't know how confident the rest of the world is in things changing drastically in the next few months and even in the coming years because of some of the decisions that are being made and statements that are being offered by the current Fed chair. The next story I want to share with you is coming from the Wall Street Journal. Now, um, listen, there's some good news going on right now, and I'm really happy to share this with you. We talked about some heavy stuff. We talked about the global economy and some of the uh, pitfalls that we're we're witnessing right now. We talked about uh, some of the issues that ex-Fed chairman... uh, Greenspan indicated. We talked about the global uh, impact of China's uh, real estate economy imploding. But I want to give you some good news for you and your family and your investments. Guys, rates are falling. Now, I know that that sounds uh, a little optimistic, but it's true. Now, this time last year, rates were about 395, so we're not quite back as far as we were. However, uh, we are at 4.5, and in the fall, we were at 5%. So we're, we're going in the right direction. That's a lot of hope for people who are looking to buy and want to get into the market and want to save a little bit of money. Uh, them that half a percent is going to save you uh, some good money, but also it's going to help you to get approved, right, for your for your mortgage because your uh, buying power is increasing a bit. So that's good news. If you are looking to buy, I suggest that you speak to a mortgage professional ASAP and try to get yourself pre-approved. Get out there, start shopping because we never know when these uh, rates are gonna change, right? They fluctuate. Now, we did get word from uh, Mr. Powell over in the Fed that um, 
they are planning to slow down and even halt for the next six months on the rate increases. So there's a positive impact there. We can see now that for the next six months, we can kind of map out our direction. Now, are you guaranteed to get four or five? No. I mean, some people make it less, some people make it more, but we're in that ballpark. So I want to make sure that you uh, are aware of your buying power increase in 2019, at least at the current moment. So that's where we are there. Now, interestingly enough, in this article that uh, I pulled here from the Wall Street Journal, they cite uh, some Amazon employees who actually say they feel like they should stop looking for homes right now because they feel 25 to 30% poorer than they did six months ago. And oftentimes, if you look at that, the word poor there is really just indicative of their decreased buying power. If you can't buy as much as you want, you're probably going to feel poor. So even Amazon, right? The one we talked about earlier, $15 minimum. Well, those employees throughout the company are feeling poorer than they did before. That has a lot to do with, uh, that says a lot about the speculation. It says a lot about the state of the market. It says a lot about uh, just people's overall confidence in really taking that leap of home ownership, which is, essentially what our economy is built on in today uh in today's world so uh great news there guys even though you're gonna feel the con the, the contractions of the economy be sure that your mind is open and you're ready to make a move and the best way to do that is contact your local mortgage professional if you would like um to have a analysis done on your ability to purchase now, feel free to email me. Uh, we can set you up with a link right now. Actually, you can uh, go over to my mobile app and apply for a mortgage right there through Keller Mortgage and, uh, you know, competitive rates, and we'll see what is possible for you. But however you decide to get yourself pre-approved, get pre-approved as soon as you can and take advantage of this dip because, well, we all know the game has valleys and peaks and uh, just don't know how long they're going to last. So that's the third story. I've got two more stories for you. Uh, the, the fourth story is another story that I, uh, I pulled here from Seeking Alpha. Great story. Uh, so we've been talking about uh, rates. This story is a really great story. Um, kind of just looking at whether or not the rate hikes are still on the table for 2019. Uh, so you can check that out in the newsletter. But I'll run a couple of good points here for you. First and foremost, as I said just a minute ago, in reaction to the slip in business confidence and recent market sell-off, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell says the central bank is likely to pause its quarterly rate hike cycle 
through the first half of 2019. So it's great news, guys. I want you to take advantage of that. I think that you'll be happy you did. Sellers, this is a great time to get in the market. You're going to have a lot more buyers. In fact, my office is now seeing more and more buyers come into the market because of this change right here. So because they're able to buy more, prices are still a little high. They're coming down slightly. We're kind of meeting in the middle. And, uh, you know, we got to take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves to us. Um, and the last story I want to share with you guys is coming out of the New York Times. Very quick, just more of a notice, actually. Um, so we're talking about getting pre-approved. If you have any credit issues or if you had credit issues, I know uh, that Equifax was compromised in 2017. They offered a product to people to lock their uh, credit scores, credit reports, um, so that no new credit could be made or no new lines could be created uh, in an effort to secure customers from the data breach. Well, that trusted ID product that Equifax is offering is going out the window. 2019, January 31st, that is a wrap. So, ladies and gentlemen, just as a quick reminder, if you are using that trusted ID service through Equifax, I encourage you to try and find another solution so that you don't have any lapse if you're concerned about your credit report being used or your credit score being used by uh, those hackers and those uh, identity thieves out there. So be mindful of that, guys. Uh, we have a huge week coming up. I want to introduce you guys to a new segment of this podcast where we will be running the numbers locally here in the Boston, greater Boston market. And I will also give you some general um, numbers or some numbers specific to some of the larger cities around the country. You can look out for that next week. Um, a lot of great information coming out. I want to do it currently so that we can kind of keep our track on what's happening in the market as investors. We need to keep our eyes open for good deals and upcoming problems, right? All right. So keep your mind open for that. And the very last thing I want to leave you with is something I'm very excited about. So in 2018, spent a lot of time deciding how to approach or attack 2019 um, towards the end of the year, did a lot of planning, talked with a lot of my clients, talked with a lot of my uh, co-workers and uh, industry professionals. And what I found was that one thing we're lacking in this uh, community is community, in fact. So, um, you know, everybody's kind of in the tailwind of this real estate change shift, as you, as some people call it. And uh, I think now more than ever, we need to band together in order to make the best of the next few years. 
So with that said, I want to invite you to join the mastermind group, the current investor mastermind group. This group is designed specifically for people who either are currently investing or have intentions to invest and are planning to and would like to meet, mix and mingle, share resources and ideas, learn from industry experts and do deals together. So join us on January 27th at 2 p.m. You can come right down here to Copley Square. My office will be open for you. That is a Sunday. It will start at 2 o'clock. Probably won't go much later than 3, 30, 4 o'clock. Still have to record the podcast. And uh, it will be a live session. So bring your questions, bring your concerns, bring your information. We'll have resources here for you. This mastermind group is, again, for people who understand the value of investing in real estate and either need support in doing so or are already doing that and are willing or hoping to expand their their business by bringing in partners and meeting with other people who have like mind interest. So, with that said, again, the event is called Buy It Right, and it will be hosted at Keller Williams Boston Metro Office here in Copley Square, Boston, just across the street from the Boston Public Library. You can take the tea, you can park, you can do whatever you got to do. Just get here. You want to be here and you do not want to miss this. Trust me. Um, okay. So you can always go to DeAndreLeVarity.com to see uh, more information on that. Register. We have a limited space. And again, this is a mastermind group. So the mastermind group is open for the moment. And I encourage you all to register. You can also go to eventbrite.com and find more information. But the easiest place to find everything is the Facebook group. Uh, just go on Facebook, search at Varity Real Estate, and you will get to the page that you need to join us. Always feel free to give me a call at 617-658-3325 with any questions or concerns. And that is the update for now. Until next week, I wish you much success and even more happiness. All right, guys, I'm DeAndre LaVarity. This is the Rhythm of Real Estate Podcast. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace, love, and blessings. I'm out.